Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. Probably one of the best things about doing this show is getting to speak to really great people, really cool people um, in the Orthodox world. Um, when I started the show a few years ago, I was afraid maybe we'll just run out of things to talk about or people to talk to. Um, but thank God there's really so many tremendous people um, in the film world doing um, things to better the film community, um, interesting things with their careers, the out-of-the-box hobbies. Um, and, you know, I think what we're trying to do here on this show and in Jewish City in general is to expose people to a more nuanced picture of the Orthodox world. Um, and what's fascinating is that sometimes even Orthodox Jews don't realize, you know, what sort of organizations or programs or services are out there. And we're so excited to, you know, really elucidate these things for our listeners. Um, and I think besides sort of, you know, non-Orthodox and Orthodox misunderstandings, I would say even within different communities of the Orthodox world, we have misunderstandings about each other. We have stereotypes. We lump people all together in one way. Um, and another amazing thing for me personally has um, been the opportunity to get to meet people sort of outside of my little Daladamos, my my box, um, and see how many incredible uh, from Jews are out there doing um, things to really help the Jewish people. Um, and so this is a perfect um, introduction to our guest today. Her name is Rebetzin Chaya Melber. Um, she's the co-founder of Taha Renu. Um, and we spoke to her husband, Rabbi Melber, uh, a few months back. Um, if you don't remember that episode, um, this is an organization that deals with everything in sort of the Tahara space. Everything that an OBGYN would deal with sort of in medical terms, this organization is dealing with sort of the Jewish, um, you know, the, Jew the Jewish laws and sort of hashkafas and halafas around anything in that space. And so maybe you've heard about this before, other organizations that might, you know, do something along these lines where halacha and, you know, uh, sort of intimacy or, you know, um, fertility or that sort of stuff comes together. Um, but what's especially unusual about this is that the founders of this organization are Skver Hasidim. Um, and I think that that is something quite unusual. Um, and beyond that, the backing that they have of rabbis within the Haredi world is tremendous. Um, and, I mean, I just think it's so fabulous um, what this organization is doing, and we're speaking today to um, Chaya Melbourne to find out a little bit more about what programs are offered in Taharenu and how the, uh, the staff is trained. So, um, Chaya, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. So if you could give us a little bit of a background um, for those that didn't hear the last interview. Um, how exactly did this organization uh, come to be? When I interviewed your husband, he was very, you know, adamant about making sure to always include, and, you know, my wife, the co-founder, which I thought was lovely and wonderful. So um, so when, why, how um, did this organization come to be? Uh, right. So when Rabbi Melber first took his um, learning in, you know, being a rabbi and he saw the need that the couples will call again and again with endless bleeding, and they would like literally go around in circles, where it would be like uh, like a Tahara question would be, you know, if it's if it's good or if it's not good, if they're you know in the status of Anita or not Anita, but there was no um, resolution, there was no answer of you know why is this you know particular couple or these people are coming back again and again with. Uh, 
we're not getting down to the bottom of it. And that's exactly where Rabbi Melber started learning and doing research and educating himself on the different questions that come up at prolonged bleeding, ovulation bleeding, um, anything to do with short intervals, overlapping fertility, PCOS and its breakthroughs, um, and all like fibroids and polyps that cause um, irregular bleeding. And when he was very interested in all these topics, he found there's so much to learn and so much to educate the world to know and to be able to get down to the bottom of their problems. So this is really where, you know, the whole thing began. It came from a rabbinical aspect, but it ended up being a medical hotline. Mm-hmm. And when was this founded? In 2011. And, you know, obviously these are very... Um delicate issues and, you know, as a community, we're very careful about, you know, intimacy issues at the same time. Um, it's so important for, you know, this part of someone's life to be dealt with appropriately. So um, what was, was there any pushback when this was being founded? Was it easy to get, um, you know, rabbis to sign on as this being an important, uh, you know, cause to get behind? Right. So, you know, at first, people were, like, very skeptical, and Rabbanim were skeptical. But the minute they saw that we're here to educate and we're here to empower the couples, what is available and what's not available as in the medical term. So also the rabbis felt that we're not stepping on anybody's boundaries, and that was it's phenomenal. It's such a positive feedback. Amazing. Um, and... I think it's always, I'm definitely a person that sort of thinks about how do we fix things sort of that with within the system. How do we go into the system using people that are on the inside uh, to fix things to make sure that people's lives are um, living according to um, halacha and because ultimately we should be having good lives from Jews. Um, so, you know, sometimes there can be different issues that arise that makes life more difficult and sometimes it's lack of education or understanding and whenever we can, um, you know, bring that into someone's life and they can actually uh, live a life that the Torah intended, even if it, you know, hasn't been done before. So run us through how, um, what exactly does Taharenu offer and, um, and how are you training your staff? Like, what does your staff consist of, and how are you training them? Right. So Tyreno is basically an organization, but it's a lot more than an organization. It's a way of living. I would say it's like the Tyreno way, which means mm-hmm. to say that if, you know, typically a caller would call into the hotline, and they would have any question on prolonged bleedings, which could come because of maybe endometriosis, which is, you know, 13% of the population who are suffering and very heavy bleeding that comes with also heavy period pains. We're not talking about the regular. We're talking about people who are like nausea, extreme, extreme nausea, fainting even many times. And, you know, and those people tend to have longer periods and heavier periods. So the minute that they hear that, you know, it's not all in their head, there is a term maybe that, you know, you want to speak to your health care provider about this. This is education. Education is power. It empowers them. It makes them feel so good. They know what's happening. So that's just, you know, one uh, example of what we deal with. Or how about, like, short intervals and there is hardly any Tahara uh, days 
or the premenopause stage where the periods are heavier and longer and the intervals are less. There's so many um, examples, and every person is so different. Some people are with contraceptives, so maybe they're bleeding. Maybe they have breakthroughs. You know, just educating what would be good for them. Obviously, we don't make their decision. We are not doctors either. We would explain to them how their body is working, what's available, what should be ruled out, um, and obviously they will always go back to their health care provider, which is, you know, their doctor. Mm-hmm. So, that, so are, that, those are some things that we deal with. So let's say someone, meaning let's say the question, you know, lives somewhere between health and halacha, so the person is trying to decide if they should go on to birth control. So... I assume that you're not, you know, posting on the hotline. So I'm saying if someone were to call up with such a question, could you advise them, you know, in terms of a rub they could ask a Shiloh to, or would you just say we don't deal with that at all? Like how, how would you handle, or is that even something that people would ask, or it's not even a question that would come up? Or So in general, when they call about, like, problems in stating, and they say to us that they're using a contraception or they have an IUD in, we would find out how they're using it, what type of IUD are they using, and we would try to tackle the Tahara questions. If it comes in something like, can I take a birth control or not, because it's hotline, you name a state and we've gotten a call. You name a country and we've gotten a call from there. So we don't know the caller, and that's perfectly fine. We'll empower them to speak to their Rav, which the Rabbanim will, you know, very easily today are very understanding and, and we can definitely help them, you know, according to their life age, according to their life age, according to their past histories, we will help them and we will guide them through the process to choose the right contraceptive method. Amazing. How are people finding out about you? Um, what, what sort of uh, marketing uh, are you doing so that people know um, how to call and what they can ask you about? In general, um, we have a lot of, Sorry, I hear myself back. Do you hear me? No, I only hear you one. Okay, fine. Great. So in general, we have a lot of education um, talks all over the world for Rabbanim and for different uh, shluchas and for different leaders, community leaders. Um, We try to educate them that they should also be able to help their community members. Many times they'll refer on to the hotline. Um, we don't advertise a lot. We really don't. It's very, you know, it's a very sensitive topic, and um, so th- it doesn't come from like advertising, as per se, advertising. It's more like you know, people get call us, and it just you know, we have about between three and four thousand phone calls a month, and that's mm-hmm. a ton to handle. Mm-hmm. And what about, um, is there ever an issue where, let's say, something along the lines of fertility, there may be different fiske halacha depending on, you know, what the topic is. So how would you handle if someone calls up and says, I'm having XYZ problems, would you let them know that there's different approaches and then they should speak to the Rav about how they handle it? Or, you know, how, how do you handle with the fact that you're likely hearing from people from a range of communities? Right. So for sure, we will give them whatever we know. There's no information that we will hold back from them. We will tell them everything what's available in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And they will do the decision, obviously, if it's halacha according to their 
Rav, if it's, you know, medical according to their doctor. But we're here to give whatever we have, we give. Amazing. So tell us about... The advisors... Um, I'm sorry, what did you say? I was going to say about the advisors, but you have a question? Oh, the sorry. advisors, yeah, the, the medical advisors. So, yeah, so tell us about um, where you're finding them from, how you're training, just sort of how the process works. Right, okay. So the advisors are the ones that are manning the hotline. They're on every single day, the whole entire day, and, you know, it's obviously in shifts, and they get a full year of training. These are advisors that get all the medical terms, the medications out there, the contraceptives, what fibroid cysts, different type of cysts, cysts or uh, complex cysts, whatever it is and whatever the causes and the symptoms can be, and whatever, you know, information we want them to be able to give to their caller that their caller can speak it through with their doctor, um, they get. And that's a full year of training. On top of that, we have every six to eight weeks we bring in a professor in every topic. Once it would be in intimacy dysfunction, you know, we're talking about physical intimacy dysfunction. And in, in six weeks it will be about, like, early ovulation, fertility, and then we can have on contraceptives, and then we can have on anything like PCOS and breakthroughs and whatever comes with a PCOS, um, which is polycystic ovaries, which means basically cysts in the ovaries, um, you know, which some people have, and it's a condition that they, they live with for years. Um, and then after, you know, after a long, long time, they go through again testing, to make sure that they're still, you know, up to par. It's, um, it's a real commitment on the advisor's end, and they have to be age 45 and older. And do you, are your medical advisors men, women, mixed? Um, we generally have a mix, um, although we have a lot more women on the hotline. I guess, I guess a lot more women want to talk, but we speak to men. Also, I mean, whoever calls will get an answer. Got it. And, but I meaning it's handled like in a very professional, like a, a medical type of setting. So a, a man who goes to a female doctor, a female who goes to a male doctor, it's just understood. Um, do you think that there's a hesitation for people to use the hotline or um, has, has it grown since your founding? Are you getting more calls than ever? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. We're at the moment, we're busting the seams. We can hardly handle the, the you know, the incoming calls. And I'm serious about this. Um, we actually have 36 active advisors. There is another 17 in training. Very, very soon they should be able to, you know, be on, on call also. Mm -hmm. um, and do you ever get to hear, I know this whole process is anonymous, obviously, and it's meant to be, but do you ever get to hear from the people that you help? Does anyone ever, you know, call back again and, um, you know, say in what way a baby was born or the marriage is going better or something like that. Right. So about like positive feedback and what we hear from people. And sure, also yeah. the question is if people are hesitating to call. So since it's a definite anonymous hotline, we have literally calls and we have people with the most discreet situations because mm -hmm. this is completely anonymous. Mm -hmm. Now the feedback also um, obviously, you know, when everything goes well, less people call. 
Yeah. But we can randomly, you know, bump into people and, and, you know, and we can hear, oh, you know, like, this baby is mine. Like, this week I just randomly, you know, bumped into somebody and she's like, I just want to tell you that this is a Tarenu baby. It, it was amazing. It's like, I don't know who that person is. I don't know how she knows who I am, but uh, this is what happened, you know, just, just, you know, this week. And also, we have case management. That means to say that once a caller calls in, and if she feels like it's a complicated case, then we will ask permission, is it okay that I take your phone number? So if you need anything in the future, you'll say that your phone number is saved with your information. And the caller will decide if they want that or not. Many, many times callers want their information because when they call back, they won't want to go through the whole call again. I was surprised. When we started offering this option of case managing, I was surprised how well the community took it. It shows us how much it's needed, the Tyrenu hotline, and to be able to live the Tyrenu way, which is a life without stress. It's a life without being, you know, you're counting, right? So, woman, is this Vadika going to be good? It's not going to be good. I'm going to the mikvah. I'm not going to the mikvah. Once you speak through the, your Tahara problem and you get perspective and you get ideas and you speak with your doctor and you pick up, you know, and you, you just, like, the stress goes away. It's a different, you know, a mother is the center. So the couple has to be able to deal with all this stress. There's very, very good feedback. And what about, like I'm saying, does mental health, you know, or I guess I'm trying to to think of like sort of like um, maybe less expected calls that you've gotten over the years. Has anyone ever called up with like, I'm saying domestic abuse or some sort of like mental health issue that's preventing, um, you know, the couple to be intimate with each other? Are there things that um, your, you know, the hotline um, advisors were not expecting to get and then they had to do more research or... Oh, yeah, so there's always, you know, a question that could come in and they'll say, you know what, let me find out for you and I'll call you back. Um, so we're not a mental health hotline. So many times when we do get that, we'll, we, you know, we know the different organizations and the different referrals of the professionals that help with the emotional well-being. If it's abuse or if it's, you know, postpartum depression, they might call us for help, you know, with figuring out which birth control is best for them when they're suffering with any uh, depression or anxiety-related issues. But for the emotional support and or, you know, psychiatric help or any of those, we refer them back on. Mm-hmm. And what about people that have had bad experiences with, like, Hassan or Kala teachers or mikvah attendants? Is that anything you've ever had to feel where someone says it's just a I didn't learn this in a positive way, or the mikvah that I visit is in a positive experience. Is that something that you can help people with at that point? In general, in general, when people call in, um, they they call in for any of those private issues. You know that maybe they want to learn a little bit more about you know their intimate life, and um, you know if if they're having any pain or anything like that. Um, Specifically, if people call and they didn't have a good relationship with their college, it's not such a, with a college teacher, it's not such a topic that, like, comes in very often, but many times they'll be referred by their college teachers for different questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would you say is, do you, do you have, I guess, you know, future plans? I mean, it sounds like there's, besides these 17 more people coming in, 
you imagine that it will always stay, you know, as these hotlines and educating, educating, educating educators, or um, is there anything else that you see um, expanding the program to? So it's very interesting. This question is very interesting because we never had a blueprint. We never had a blueprint that we're going to train a group and then if we'll need another, it's just like happening over the time. And we're being called from all over the world, global, to give classes and to give sessions and to introduce what we do. And we've come such a long way that, like, we just, like, go with the flow. And we don't know what tomorrow is bringing us. Like, you know, a lot of people want to bring it in their place specifically where they live, into their community. People, you know, we've gotten... Like, just like callers, you know, telling us they, they want to bring it to their leaders, the college teachers, the chassan teachers, the rabbis, the community leaders. So really the world and the people, they're taking us wherever, they're doing the lead. And what about your demographic of medical advisors? What um, Akashkafic backgrounds are they coming from? Um, so, actually, the, the advisors come from all different types of cultures. We have a lot of languages, um, and I, I like the cultural type of thing where, you know, you have a diversity, mm-hmm. and I think that's very important also. I do have a bachelor's in psychology, but it's not what, um, you know, what is important now for the medical hotline. Obviously, it helps because, you know, whatever, you know, we learn in in, in psychology school, we definitely use a you know a medical hotline too, um, which is you know not just judging anybody who's calling in. And this is also what we give over when we do the training that this is uh, you know the caller takes the last call, and it's what they're looking for. It's not what we decide. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of diversity. And yes, we definitely have a very colorful group. Very cool. Um, how does someone apply to become a, a medical volunteer for Tari or med- medical advisor? Right. So a medical, adv- um, a medical advisor has to send in first a resume. Then we'll, you know, call reference on the resume. And if we feel that there is, you know, something that maybe is not so good for us, we'll rather not call her in for an interview. Um, and if everything does suit the resume and, you know, the references that we got and the backgrounds of, I'm, I'm not talking about background of where they're coming from, Yiddishkeit. I'm talking more about, like, the background of what their life, you know, um, what they learned in life. You know, their education and, you know, everything else. Is there a certain educational background you're looking for? Someone that has experience in mental health or in something medical, or it, it doesn't have to be anyone with a formal education. You you take on the training. No, we do the training. We do actually the training from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And are you getting people that already are in the space? People that like have been college teachers already, or people that have you know some sort of mental health or some sort of background in this already, or not necessarily. We do, as I said before, we have a diverse, you know, of advisors, and it's very wide spectrum, you know, of of differences between them also. Um, And some of them, you know, have college teaching in their background. Some of them have, like, you know, different mental health professions in their background. We really have everything. So an organization like this, you know, it's, uh, this now, um, we have, obviously, phones have been around for a while. 
have there been any changes sort of in the, I don't know, I guess in the space I'm saying, obviously couples have been doing this act since the beginning of time, but, um, I don't know if because of toxins that maybe there's new problems or meaning like, are there, are there things about the world today that make this space more complicated than it was, you know, a couple generations ago, or if we had telephones that could have hotlines, would this have been a useful thing then, or is there more, you know, to offer people now? So it's very interesting because many, many people call us and they say, like, where have you been till now? Many of them are like, you know, closer to menopause and they always tell us so many times we hear from people that they definitely could have used such an hotline beforehand and so many years like we have people that would say you know like i have you know this amount of children but between them i've suffered so much of the tahara issues where were you all these years so there's definitely it's a niche that was not filled until today i mean well it's really um you know, I, I would say um, being in the position that I am, you know, sort of in, as a public figure and talking to some degree about these topics, um, I think the more good things you say about it, the more you have the opportunity to hear people that went through bad things. Um, and so um, sort of my eyes have been opened um, as to what can go wrong if these issues are not handled correctly. So I guess that maybe sort of in closing, maybe my last question is, um, and we have a couple of minutes left now. Um, is there anything that we can do to prepare Hassanim and Kalas before they need to call Taharenu? Is there something that, you know, um, maybe a change in Hassan and Kala classes or, you know, some other type of education so that people are more prepared um, with proper information before um, they run into a problem? So in generally, when a couple gets married, you know, within the first year, they're still finding themselves. So I think a red flag for a college teacher would be if we see a cycle of, you know, a period of every 24 to 26 days, which means it's okay because it could shift, but then maybe they're having less Tahara days. And as, you know, young couples get married, that's probably one of their heart points. Mm-hmm. So... But I'm saying, like, is there, should, meaning, like, should the, the Hassan and Kala classes have more information? Like, should, ideally, maybe should they be more trained, like your medical advisors are, so that when um, the Hassan and Kala learn the subject matter from the beginning, um, they are more exposed to all the things that could go wrong, so that they um, don't need to turn to a hotline? Or you think that people are always going to, you know, maybe have sort of unusual problems, and then the hotline is there for the unusual Right. So two things. Number one, when, you know, a, a chassan teacher or a college teacher, it's sometimes like a shidduch. You know, if, if it goes, then they'll call back after the chassanah, and if not, they won't. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that when they learn as a kala, it's very theory. It's very theory. So that they're not quite sure what they're getting themselves into. Once mm-hmm. real life hits them, then there's so many more questions. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I see. Uh-huh. So meaning like there's just only a certain um, knowledge that you have sort of being in the Parsha that, that you wouldn't um, be privy to beforehand. I hear. Well, I mean, it's really tremendous work. And um, I think for the people that it's not going right for, they're struggling. Um, it, it's such a big, you know, area of service. So 
um, we're so grateful that um, you and your husband did something kind of pushed maybe against the grain a little bit until people realized how how great of an idea it was. And um, we wish you continued Hatzlacha. Thank you. Thank you so much. And can you just tell us, our listeners, how can they call Tahareno if they have a Tahara question? Right. So it's the international hotline that they can call. And um, we have a few hotlines, actually, but... um, the most important would be to give the U.S. and the Canada hotline number. Um, okay, so it's 855-482-4272 is for the U.S. and Canada. And for our listeners in Israel, 0722-242424. Um, and they can find you at taharenu.com. Um, and thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.